Broadcasting you live from the Badlands of Texas, you're listening, or by golly gumdrops, you're watching Midnight Radio. I'm your host, Jerry Adams, and I don't know if you're if you're watching me right now, you'll notice that maybe I'm upside down, maybe I'm sideways, but we're going to continue the show anyway. Still having some Microsoft issues, but who gives a damn? How are you doing tonight? I'll tell you what, that sure was a good set by Julie. want to thank her. DJ Julianne did a hell of a job. Tell me, how many other shows here on uh, YouTube and how many other shows here have a pre-show for you, have a rockin' music pre-show? I would dare to say not a damn one of them. So I would like to thank Julianne and the rest of our DJs for making that possible because it wouldn't be possible with just me. It surely wouldn't. Have you noticed what's wrong with my video yet? Hey, software engineer never got back in touch with me. Tell you what, I'm honestly a little bit upset about that, but uh, I will digress. I will digress. I'll tell you what, if you enjoy the show, here's two people you can thank. You can thank our executive producer, Lady Lisa. Thank you very much. If it wasn't for that lady, I would not be here right now. And I do mean that. I also want to thank our producer, Michelle Art, for this show. And we have some very interesting things I found, some comparisons between psychopathic murdering mass killers. One, we have his complete interview, and it parallels what I think Nothing Burger might be feeling or might be saying if we ever, if he was ever interviewed. I would possibly say that after... He's convicted or not convicted, whatever the case may be, although I think we all know what we think will happen, then uh, you're not even going to hear any interviews come out. We'll see. But we're going to look at the interview of James Holmes, otherwise known as a Batman mass murderer that happened in Aurora, Colorado so many years ago. We're going to look at those interviews that he did with his psychologist tonight. Other than that, I have a lot of dark stories. It just happened. Real world crime the last two days. Very shocking, very disturbing. Another thing that disturbs me, I'm going to talk about. After I talk about our app, our app doesn't disturb me at all. We have an app in the app store, in the uh, Google Play store. If you have an Android phone, I'm telling you, get that app. It's free and it gives you our Radio stream, it's a real radio stream. We have a license and we have umpteenth thousands of songs on there. You're not going to hear the same one very often, I'll tell you that. All the top songs are on there and we have our DJ streams. And our DJs, uh, they're on there all the time. So you could do a lot worse by turning anything on the radio and listening to it than listening to our radio app. Also, you can check out our website at midnightrad.io. We have articles on there, and you can check out our live stream on there. There's a play button on the bottom. There's something that is bothering me, guys. Uh, man, I'll tell you what. What is my phone number? Does anybody know? Regard, it doesn't matter what my phone number is. I just won't take calls tonight. I guess that's not working either. Fine. Fine. I don't want it then. Let me see if I can get it. No. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Where'd I go? Hey, where, where am I at everybody? Oh, here I am. Anyway, our phone number, do not call the phone number and leave me a message 
and say you don't want it played on the show. Let me explain this to you. This is a radio show. That phone number is for me to be able to play what you leave on there. If you don't want me to play it, I, I don't want your phone call. All right? I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Now, there's instances, let's say you're a source for a story and you don't want to reveal your identity. That's okay. But if you're talking about the, the stories we talk about every day and you want to give me your two cents, but you don't want me to play it on the radio, I don't want your call. I don't want your message. All right? We don't have that kind of relationship. That phone number is for this show. All right? Now, there's certain people I do have that relationship with, and that people is our members, okay? If you want to tell me stuff and you're a member, I'll listen all day long. But there has there's a, a line there. And don't call the show not wanting me to play your call. There's a message on there that's saying we play all the calls. If you leave me a message on there, if you send me a text message, I will delete it and not even listen to it. If I see on there, don't play this on the show, it's gone. Just so you know, let's move forward. Jerry, don't play that. Gerald Schmimmins don't does not play that. Believe it or not, I'm a busy person, and for things that I can't share with my audience, I don't have time for it. All right. Let's look at this. It should work just fine. And it is right here. Oh, what just happened? Are we going to play that? Hold on a second. I've got glitches in my britches. I'm going to play the first part of this. Maybe not the opening. And we're going to go into the interview of a psychologist with James Holmes. For those of you that don't know, he was the Aurora shooter that happened. How many years ago now? About 10? It's been that long now. All right. Here we go. This was two years after the mass shooting at the 16 at the Century 16 movie theater in Aurora, Colorado. I'm about to put it back up on the screen. Okay, I think we're running. You remember everything? There's a video camera there being taped. Don't work for the judge. Yep. Yeah. Don't work for either side. But the two sides may see the video and report things like that, right? Okay. Okay. Um, how was it last night? Did you sleep okay? Yeah. Reasonable dinner? Tacos. Taco. Yeah. Is there a regular... Um, a regular menu rotation, so you can kind of... No, they don't give us a menu, and it's usually different. So it's not like Friday is pork chop day or something Right, like yeah, Italian night or whatever. Okay. Any thoughts about the things we talked about yesterday? Nope. Things that I may have missed or misunderstood or that you wanted to add? 
by yesterday. Oh. Today, I suspect that we will work long enough so that we don't take a lunch break. Okay. Um, it's not going to go six or seven hours the way Dr. Greer did, but I suspect we'll go for three hours or so. Um, we'll take a break to change the media in the, in the camera, and then maybe go another hour or so, and that'll probably be it. All of position. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, We're not going to listen to every second, guys. How about the phrase, I can blame it, and I think we're referring to the killings. I can blame it on the possessed James. Right, so I can kind of transfer the blame to this kind of crazy self with me. Okay. And I think you're referring to the way that you were thinking before the event, around the time you were creating the notebook and things like that. Is that your understanding, too? Yeah, it's a, it's a Crazy possessed. Interesting choice of words, I think. Um, you haven't used the word very much with me, but you did with, with Dr. Messner, I think. Um, no, you did with Gardy in some texts. The word evil. Or does right, that I said it wasn't inherently evil. Mm-hmm. Um, where does... Saying that one isn't inherently evil means that they're not born evil. It means that what they did or the choices they make are a result of outside influences, otherwise known as not taking responsibility. Your concept of evil fit in all this? Um, well, killing people is considered evil. Considered evil by? Uh, everyone. Everyone to include you or, or not? Uh, I'm not sure. Think about it a little for me. You said everyone considers killing to be evil. Right. Sometimes it's a necessity, like in war. Right. But I think we're referring to killings such as you were thinking about with Gargi or, or such as you did. Are you part of the everyone that considers it evil? No, I don't think so. If everyone considers them evil, is there a reason that they shouldn't consider your act evil even though you say that you don't consider it evil? That's not a very clear question. How much how much um, uh, weight should we give to your simply saying, I don't think it, it was evil? Um. That's up to the person to decide. I'm sorry? That's up to the person to decide. Up to the person who's, who's saying? Who's saying that? Okay. Meaning it's up to you to decide whether it's evil or not? No, it's up to whoever's trying to figure it out. Okay. Um, 
One of the things that you said to Cargi in the, in the interaction, I think it was back in March, late March of 2012, was that what you feel like doing is evil, that is the act. But what I feel like doing is evil, so can't do that. Guys, this is a conversation with you, and as this uh, interview with this mass murderer goes on, um, I'm going to interject, and we're going to have a conversation about it. I'll open up the phone lines here after it so you guys can talk to me, but I'm going to give my thoughts right now. What is crazy? Somebody said in the chat room, I wonder if people that are so out there mentally actually remember the things that they do. And I said, and I thought about this right before I came on here tonight, the exact same thought. And I thought, no, absolutely they do. And this interview is going to show that. They focus on things the rest of us don't focus on. And a lot of it is very self-centered things that they focus on. And you guys are going to notice that. Um, Let's continue here and I'll interject here more in a little bit. And you were referring to, in your words, kill people, of course. All right. Uh, Are these people crazy and they can't help themselves? Absolutely freaking not there's no doubt about that let me tell you this hello sleuthy goosey they're not crazy they made a choice and they chose to do something that the rest of us find disgusting and that is murder innocent people murder people in a group like um ducks in a barrel that is what he did he didn't freaking choose you want to talk about crazy? You want to talk about crazy? He didn't go into the donut store just out of the blue, order 15 dozen freaking donuts and go pass them out in Central Park. All right? No, he chose the evil. He chose the thing that is wrong to do, and he damn well knows it. And so did so does Brian Nothingburger. All right? They damn well know what they were doing. All right? He didn't chose to take, he did not choose to take a pair of underwear, dip it in paraffin, wear it on, and then go running around the neighborhood with a chin dong on, offering everybody brownies. There's no crazy to this. They chose the most evil thing that they could freaking do. All right? There's intelligence behind that, and they did it for a reason. And the reason is not good. The reason is the production of evil. The reason is to do the evil. The reason is to be infamous. At that time, at least what you said to Gargi was what you were contemplating doing was evil. It's considered evil by society. It's considered evil by society, and that is why he did it. All right. Whether he believed it was evil or not, that that's a separate conversation, and that's not what I mean. Well, you said to her that it's not just considered evil; you said it is evil. And I'm wondering, there are a lot of a lot of reasons that you might have said that to her. Uh, is that the way you felt about it when you said it, as far as you can remember? I guess so. And it was a long time ago, and it was in a particular context, I understand that.
You've referred several times to life in one way or another being meaningless or not having meaning. Does that sound familiar? Saying that in one way or another in your writings and things like that. Is that fair to say? Right, you couldn't find a meaning to life. Okay. Do you still feel that way, by the way? Oh, yeah. I should hope so. This was two years after the shooting, by the way. When you were texting to Gargi, you said, if there's a meaning to life, and you take that away from other people, you have prevented their purpose. So you're making it conditional, if there's a meaning to life. But it sounds like, at least in that interchange, you're considering that there might be a meaning and taking it away from other people prevents their purpose. Does that make sense or yeah. misunderstand? No, it makes sense. Okay. You say a little further down that if you take away their purpose, quote, it still makes my life more meaningful. It's kind of back to that value system. Okay. And, okay, that, that helps. Because you haven't really clarified what the meaning might be, but one of the things, correct me if I'm wrong, is the value system, the, the human capital value. Right. You talk. Okay. And you kind of looking at me like a deer in headlights and don't know whether you're following or whether I'd be clear or not. Can you help me out with that? Uh, well, if they have a purpose, you kind of absorb that purpose when you kill them. And do you think, sitting here today, do you think they have a purpose? I don't know what the purpose is. Do you think they have a purpose? Um, I'd say no. As you were thinking about it two or three years ago. So those of you that are just joining us, this is James Home. This is a convicted mass murder. He went to the Aurora movie theater and opened fire on a whole group of people watching a Batman movie. And uh, this is the exact kind of thing that... Somebody else we know, a nothing burger did, but he was interviewed. We have his interviews. It's the same type of thinking. Again, this show is for wild ass speculations. It's for wild ass theories. Now, this is a little bit tame. Maybe it's a tame ass theory. Maybe it's a tame ass theory, but I'm telling you the same thing that went on with this guy is the same thing that went on with nothing burger and continues to go on, except, except. There is a knuckle hold on the news that we are getting. That is the difference. It's more heavily, heavily manipulated now than has ever been in the history of our society. They're saying this is just something that we do. Bullshit. And to Ohio, I, did I say Ohio? Not Ohio. To Idaho, a big bullshit to you because the Lori Vallow case, we had nothing but information. People couldn't help but talk. Something's different.
And it'll continue to be different, not just in Idaho, but from every case here forward. Let's continue this, and you'll see the similarities. And when we go to trial, when uh, Nothing Burger goes to trial, you're going to see the similarities, maybe even after it's over, when they finally release interviews with uh, psychiatrists or different things like that that they played during the trial, you're going to see a difference. So far as you recall, at that time, did you think they had a purpose, even if you didn't know what it was? Uh, could be. I don't remember. Fair enough. By the way, man, take a pulse for us. Okay. I'm sorry, I keep kicking you down. That's the second time I've done that. Must be Freudian. I'm going to speed it up a little bit. But you, 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 you said you didn't consider the morality of it. Right. You pushed and it aside. Do you have a feel for a reason that you didn't consider the morality of it? Uh, it just wouldn't, it didn't matter morally. Didn't, didn't matter more. Okay. You spent lots of time preparing, lots of time thinking about it in one way or another. Does it make sense that other people might think about it? All right. Somebody in the chat room, we got two things. Uh, anybody who knows who the interviewer is, media reporter, the interviewer is a psychologist for James Holmes, the Aurora movie theater shooter. This was played and became a matter of public record when they played it at the trial. So that is what this is. This is a psychologist. In terms of morals or evil yeah. or mattering or something. Okay. Would they be accurate in thinking about it in terms of morals or evil or in matter? The lives matter? Um, it's all subjective in their opinion. Let me tell you guys something about objectivity, all right, and the fraud behind that concept of objectivity. And this is coming from a person, I'm not talking about religion, but I'm talking about the golden rule. I treat people the way I want to be treated. When I'm dealing with somebody, I give them the benefit of the doubt. When I talk to you guys and you have an opinion that's far different than mine, I give your opinion more weight than mine because I want to know the truth. And if what you say is truth, I will know it. And I will drop whatever I'm thinking and go with that. That's the kind of personal I am. It is the golden rule. Let me tell you something about subjective morality and the golden rule. You cannot have both. You cannot. The golden rule goes hand in hand with truth. Subjectivity does not. All right? Let me tell you where I'm going with this. There are things that are fundamentally wrong 
and that is true. It is wrong to abuse somebody, for example. How about I slap every one of you in the face? In the chat room, I'm looking at your names. What if I'm sitting right by you and I slap you in the face? No reason, unprovoked. How are you going to feel about that? Well, subjectively, I'd say you'd all be pretty pissed off. Because guess what? That is truth. It is not okay to hurt somebody. What if I hurt you? What if I did this to you unprovoked? Oh, I guess it's okay. No. This son of a bitch who was saying this about objectivity would have been pissed off if somebody cut the line while he was getting a effing sandwich at Subway. So you've got to know the truth when you listen to these type of things because it's not true. How about he gets raped in prison? How would he feel about that? Well, subjectivity, I guess. No, bullshit. Like, again, he didn't do something weird. Like, uh, I don't know, bake five loaves of bread and put two pounds of bubble gum in it before he baked it. Something that doesn't make any sense. I guess I'm just crazy. No, he decided to do the very thing in our society that is the worst to go into a fun weekend where uh, wives and husbands go children were in that theater and died and decided to murder them because he wanted to do the bad he wanted to do the bad But from your viewpoint, it was simply not something that came to mind. Right. You did think about whether or not children would be killed, though. Did you think about that beforehand or, or just after? A word on that. So... He did think about whether children would be killed. I saw his interview right after, right after the murder, and he was apprehended, finally. And he was in the interrogation room. That was his first question. Were there any children that were killed? Afterwards. Um, beforehand, because I chose a, a time that, I guess it was PG-13, so. Why did he think that? Well, I'll tell you why. Because the children aren't what he wanted destroyed. He wanted to destroy his peer group for whatever sick reason. The sick reason, I believe, was that whatever he had in his mind told him that he wasn't as good. He wasn't living up to the expectation of his peers, and he hated himself for it. So he wanted to destroy that. In the most abominable way. So and also, this is a representation of Kohlberger's thinking. That's why I'm playing this today. Real information, instead of information I pulled directly from my cheeks. That was due diligence. Some level of consideration of what was right to do and what wasn't right to do in your mind, it sounds like. Uh, I think it's wrong to kill children. Why? Everything's upset. So you Objective. Were at least one thing having to do with right or wrong. And that was, had to do with children, and you wanted to leave them out of the equation. Right. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Okay. 
I may have asked you this some time ago. Um, if you kill children, do you still get a, a, a point for that death? Oh, yeah, because their lives are valuable, too. Do you get any more for killing a child because of... Because their lives are valuable. The ...increased potential or something like that? Not by the system, I mean. But... Okay. <clears throat> but you get the credit, if you will, for killing them. But they're the only group of people that you've mentioned so far, anyway, for which, in the balance of whether I get the point and whether they matter, they matter enough for you not to want to kill them. Is that fair to say? Right, yeah. Is there any other group of folks that, um, in some way or other, matters, maybe with regard to right and wrong or, or your moral thought, matters enough that you would not or do not want to kill them to get their point? No, no. Any particular cutoff for when the child becomes grown up enough to kill Say 12. 12, okay. Were you thinking like that, do you think, two and a half years ago, or is that something that you're kind of wrestling or, or thinking about right now? Well, it was kind of after the fact. to Hillary at some point uh, that you were bad news bears she should stay away from her. yeah I wanted to protect her um, I know it's sort of a, an off the cuff phrase but what does it mean that you thought of yourself as bad news bears or were you just kind of saying that as a matter of conversation telling you he thought he, he thought of himself he tortured himself in his mind he was going through this program that he was failing at this is the same thing Kohlberger was doing towards the end he started failing out of this a long-term college goal that he was doing right at the end things started going crazy and he went negative on himself about that but he blamed society for his own feelings about himself and wanted to destroy it in the most harshest way he could think of. It doesn't really mean anything. I think it was a movie or something. Sure, sure. I guess what I'm getting at is, did you think of yourself as bad? I thought other people would view me as bad. Did you think of yourself as bad? No. As I say, it sounds kind of like an off-the-cuff. Hold on, guys. I'm putting a poll up right now, and I did it incorrectly. I want to know if you guys want me to open up the phone lines, because I do want to talk to you guys as we're watching this, too, but I'm not sure if I should do that. Um, 
Should I open the lines before before the interview is over? All right, that's my question. And I'm putting that up now for you guys. This is filmed, those of you that listen to me or watching later, this is filmed in front of a live studio audience of YouTube. Remark and not a deep philosophical thought. Right. Okay. <clears> There's <throat> something I asked about a little earlier, actually. Um, the pictures that the people sent you, almost all women, sent you that you, some of which you put up on your. On your all right, look at this. We're talking about women who are interested in him now that he didn't do any, he didn't accomplish his main goal in life, but you know what? He killed people and he became infamous. So now women are showing interest in him. The same thing that happened to somebody else I know, cold burger cheesecake. So this guy, they're actually talking to him about it. And guess what? We have the footage. How do you feel about that? I think you mentioned to me that they sent those pictures because they were supportive of you. Yeah. Any other reason that they sent you those pictures that you can think of or that you thought of a couple of years ago? Well, if they like me or not. They don't like you, buddy. Um, Through media coverage, I think. Through media coverage. Do you think any of them were responding to your uh, internet dating, the adult friend finder? Yeah, I think so. That was also one of the Tell me how many, all of them, or a few of them, or maybe one or two, knew about you from there. At least a couple, because some said they were on Mac. Those of you that are watching that right now, if you could subscribe and hit that thumb now, hit that thumb now, hit that thumb. Ring that bell. I'd appreciate it very much because that allows you to join in the conversation whenever we go live. You're going to know about it so we can have a conversation together. That's what we're about here. Right now we're going over the interview of James Holmes, who was the Aurora Theater shooter. And we're looking at the parallels between this and Brian Kohlberger. And there are a lot. And that man like match with me or whatever. So some specifically mentioned that. Yeah. Okay. Do you know how long, and you may not know this, <clears throat> how long your profile stayed up on those sites or on Dolphin friend, friend Fund? I know they took them down. I don't know when. Maybe it was up a week. <clears throat> a week since this year. It's, it was up for a while beforehand, too. The I see a lot of blanks. What you... One that was up beforehand, it would have been an email sent to you, sent to your mailbox at the service, rather than something posted to the jail. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, I don't remember getting an email. How many of the, those services did you uh, try or did you join? Uh, match.com and Adult Friend Finder. 
There was an indication that you uh, canceled your subscription, but it may not have been to Adult Friend Finder. You canceled at least one of your internet subscriptions that had to do with whether you remember that. Yeah, I think it was triplexmatch.com. Okay. So that was that was another kind of match deal that was a little more sexual. Yeah. Was it a little more sexually oriented, the triple X in it or um, yeah, I think so. Did you get any responses from that? Triplexmatch.com? Yeah, but I think they were fake from the employers trying to get you to buy more services. How did they do that? Well, they just post a fake profile and then contact you. So, hey, it's the outdoor group. Did the, the stuff that they would send get pretty explicit, or would it be, hey, let's go have coffee? Um, no, I wanted it too launchy. I'm sorry? It wasn't too launchy. Okay. said to Dr. Messner at some point that one of the things you couldn't talk to Dr. Fenton about was that you were buying weapons and that you thought you were crazy because killing people is crazy. Do you remember that general? Yeah. And that I wanted to be locked up. Right, part of me didn't want to do a prohibition. I think we talked about that a fair amount, about what part of you wanted to be stopped or controlled or locked up, what part of you didn't. Right, yeah. I asked yesterday a little bit, and I'll just kind of recap it. We generally describe those as two parts of the same person, kind of wrestling inside, and not as two separate people. Right, it was still one, one me. And you were aware of both those parts of you? Yeah, or no? I think so. Okay. <clears throat> talked a fair amount about your thoughts that one of the reasons that you had to carry out the mission was so that you wouldn't commit suicide. To, to save your life, sort of. Yeah. Okay. Or at least to help with the depression. Right. But suicide figured in there. The potential for suicide and preventing you from being that depressed at MRI. Right, yeah. Okay. Um... Tell me about the concept of trading other people's lives for yours. Um, 
I'm not sure what you mean. In order for you, according to what you said, in order for you to have a likelihood of not committing suicide, then you were willing to kill multiple other people to get that chance. That's what I mean by trading other people's lives for yours. Yeah, that's part of what I did. I'm sorry? That's part of what I did. Okay. Tell me about the rightness or wrongness or morality or logic of, of, of that. I guess I'm thinking about moral logic, whatever that means to you. Uh, just that it was necessary to do what was in my best interest. Wow, best interests. He thought he had to do this. Tell us if what your interests are. In my best interest to kill people in order to have a chance of feeling better, not a guarantee, but a chance. Does that seem okay or not? Or does that fit in the moral scheme of things? Uh, well, it's against the law. Okay, we talked about being against the law. You're pretty aware of that. But I'm really talking a little deeper than that. Uh, I guess it would be selfish if you did that. Selfish is one word. Anything. Actually, it seems real selfish. To yeah, real It almost sounds, and I'm not saying it's the same, but like I want a thrill and killing you will give me a thrill, so it's okay to kill you in my mind. I know you didn't kill for the thrill of it. Yeah. Because I don't think you killed for the thrill of it. No. But it sounds like there's something I want, and it's okay for me to kill you because I want it. I'd say it's more, it's something I need. Okay. As opposed to want. Prior to the killings, you've not given me any indication that prior to the killings, you ever considered killing other people just because you needed something they had, except for, except for this, the planning for this event. Um, you've not struck me as that selfish except in this instance. Okay. Does that make sense, or it's kind of a vague statement, I guess? Uh, no, it seemed to make sense. At another point, it, it, uh, one of the notes I have at the margin of that it is question mark traded other people's lives for his. At the time, did that sound like a reasonable trade? Uh, yes. Does it still sound like a reasonable trade? Yeah. You take that a step further, if I may. You've indicated to various folks that you thought there was a maybe 50-50 chance that killing the other people, excuse me, would make you feel better. 
would alleviate your depression. Maybe a 50-50 chance. Did you feel like it was, or, or is it okay to kill other people for a 50-50 chance to feel better? <clears throat> There's no other options. No other options. All right, guys. He said there was no other options, and I want to bring this to your attention because I've studied this before. There's a great book by Detective Joe Kenda. The name of it is I Will Find You. We're working on getting him on the show right now. But in that book, he said there were many times that they would come upon the scene to a man who'd murdered their family more than once. And they always had the same kind of letter. And at the bottom of every letter, they talked about how bad things were, how their family was falling apart. We're talking about somebody that killed their wife and killed their little bitty children. And they would always say this, I felt like I had no other choice. And he said that he felt like these assholes took some kind of course to write the kind of letter they got every time they went to a scene like that. Well, I felt like I had no other choice. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you that there is nobody easier to con than yourself. You can lie to yourself until you believe it. I do believe that they think they have no other choice, but that comes from them. There is a million other choices, a million other choices. He could have drowned himself in strawberry jam that morning. There were a million other choices. And if you read that in the paper, you would have been like, what the hell is that about? But no, he chose to do the thing. That was the worst in everybody's eyes, an abomination to make a point that he felt he had no other choice because he felt trapped. He committed something called a living suicide because he didn't have the testicles to take his own life. He was looking to take a bunch of other people's lives in his own because in his mind, his mind was jammed thinking he couldn't do anything else he had no other choice he needed to be at the end of his life because he felled his own image of himself not that his life is dynamic not that his life goes goes up and down not that he can work harder in another aspect and do something else sometimes ladies and gentlemen you have a goal you're running up to that goal as hard as you can you work as hard as you can and you realize wow I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough for this goal. I cannot do this goal. And let me tell you guys, any of you feel like that, that is okay. Because there's other things you can do. And there's other ways that you can achieve that goal. And that's called help. Maybe you need to change the way you think. Maybe you need to change the teacher that you have in college. Maybe you need to change colleges and get in a different program headed up by somebody who teaches a little bit differently along the lines of the way you think, the way your mind works. But to think that you have another, no options, we are in an ocean of options. And our boat is a thimble. There is nothing but options. And to be so confident that he says that, and I do believe he believes what he says, but the, the fact that good and bad is subjective, well, that's bullshit. And you know it and I know it. Their options might there have been. Um, if therapy worked. I'm sorry? If therapy worked. Okay. Was the therapy working? Uh, 
no. You said several times that you did feel less anxious. It wasn't working in regards to the depression. How many times had you gone to the psychiatrist about it? Oh, uh, five to ten times, I think. Think you gave it a fair chance? Like, there was kind of a misunderstanding that they didn't know I was depressed, but I thought they knew I was depressed. Did you tell them that you were depressed? No, I've been I got the surgery and looked it up online and saw that it was for depression. So I thought they were treating me for depression. Maybe they were. To be fair, you weren't telling them everything. Yeah, I held back. Yep. You hoped that the treatment with Finn would give you an alternative. Is that fair to say? I think that's kind of what you just said. Yeah. Why would it have been helpful to have an alternative? That here's, the, here's what I'm thinking as I as I asked that. <clears throat> if there's not all right, guys, the phone lines are not open. Uh, what are you talking about, Electra? Uh, I gave Sleuthy Goosey. I gave her a direct link to actually join me on panel. You guys didn't know I could do that, did you? She can join me with audio or video. That's not going through the phone line. But um, I don't know if my email went to uh, spam or not. I've emailed her before, tried to get her on the show. All right. I, okay, so she said she didn't know. I, I sent it to the one at Gmail. I sent it to the Gmail. But, I mean, she could just call in. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead and open up the phone lines. If you guys want to talk to me, uh, unless, unless you want to let Sleuthy come through first, I'll open up the phone lines. And three, two, one. Phone line is open now. So you can call me. Sleuthy can go ahead and call in, and or she can go to her Gmail and uh, we can hear it through there. Much that's morally wrong with killing other people for this purpose, to make yourself feel better, um, or to bring yourself more value. All right, what would somebody possibly have to gain by taking the lives of others in their mind? And that's what answers being, what questions being answered right now by, by James Holmes. Why would you bother to hope that Fenton might be able to change that? Um, because if she could cure me, then I wouldn't need to be isolated in jail. Okay. 
You jump from the need or wish to kill people to isolation in jail. That's taking my thoughts to isolation in jail, the wish to be isolated in jail, being a reason for killing. You have to be isolated. I'm sorry? Uh, to be isolated, not necessarily in jail. But as we've said, I think many times, the very predictable end result, consequence of this train of plans is being incarcerated. Is being incarcerated, either being dead or being incarcerated. Right. As, as His mouth said, is barely moving. The chances of simply escaping were pretty, very minuscule. Right. Um, okay. Let me shift gears again. Um, I want to talk with you about the phrase dysphoric mania again. Dysphoric mania. I don't think you ever brought that up with Dr. Fenton. I don't see it in the notes. I don't recall seeing it in the notes. Um, but you described that as one of the things that you're pretty sure was present right. during that period for a long time. Tell me again what dysphoric mania was to you, what it felt like. Well, that goes back to the feelings of hyperspeed and invincibility, just like the manic symptoms. But all the while, I was still depressed, so it was dysphoric instead of euphoric. About how long was it that you had those periods of what you're referring to as the dysphoric mania? I understand they came and went. Sometimes, I think you said two, three, four times a week. Do I remember that right? It sounds right. Over what period of time did you have those episodes? I think until I started the antidepressants or anxiolytic. You guys want to go to a different level? It was only depression and not mania. Mr. Fenderstein's right. It started with the. Prescribing of the antidepressants and the anxiety? No, it ended. Ended with it. Okay, so that's about where it ended. And roughly when did it start? Double speed. Um, no, actually, it started at the head of the anxiety. I think the medication caused me to go manic or something. The medication caused you to go manic? Or in a dysphoric way? Yeah. And I recall you're saying that it stayed roughly the same for a period. When did it end, if it did? I don't think I'm manic anymore, but I'm not sure what time it is. Okay. Did it continue until the shooting, at least? Okay. Um. <clears throat> and again, it'll stick around quite a lot. We talked a lot about the relationship with your family, about your family. So we have the psychiatrist is interviewing him, talking slow. We have him talking slow. I'm going a speed and a half faster. And they sound like they're talking normally. Can you guys hear correctly? 
one point and said that one reason that you'd like to stay alive is because it would hurt your family if, if you did. Yeah. Um, are there times when you get kind of emotional thinking about your family? Mother, dad, sister? All right, I'm going to... Not even when you're by yourself. I'm going to double check the phone. I'm going to stop and double check the phone line. I thought everything was okay, but let me double check because no one's calling in. Sleuthy's not calling in. She has a link. Maybe she's looking for it in her other email. Let me just double check the settings right quick again, triple check and make sure that I have everything going where it's supposed to go. I sure do. All right. Good. We're good then. I'll just continue. That's all I think you mentioned occasionally you get a tear in your eye. I've not seen you come close to tears. It's not always unusual, but we've talked about some very emotional subjects sometimes. Maybe I think closer to the incident, it's always more emotional. About about the incident or about the thing? About, no, not about the incident. Just closer to the incident, I was more emotional towards my family that they cared about me and stuff. They care about their family. His last name is Holmes. You mean close after the incident? Yes, after. Okay. What do you make of it not being, the the closeness not being so emotional anymore? Oh, it's kind of accepted the way things are. Ah, here we go. Midnight caller line. This is Jerry speaking. Who am I speaking with? Hey, Jerry, it's Electra. I was just calling in to make sure your phone line was working. The phone line is working. All right. Check, check. All right. I'll let someone else call in. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Continuing here. We got a tech check. For my both of my mic and my audio line, cool. Did I say John Holmes? Oh, good point. How many more? This is a good point from the chat room right now. How many more? Any pictures or videos when you guys went places? Hey guys, we're coming to a, a crucial part. I got a little diagram here on where the most important things of what he says are. And from this point on, there's more. And here's what we got coming from the chat room. It's, what's frightening is how many more are like him? Man, they're a lot like him. I think it's going to get worse, and I'll tell you why. Because we're coming from the idea of somebody that's greatly dissatisfied with themselves, they're harder on themselves than anybody else, and they think it's reflected. They think it's how society feels about them, but, man, the society even thinking about them, they're all worried about themselves. But what, what would amplify this, guys? What would amplify this? Instagram would amplify this. Facebook would amplify this. You're looking, you're seeing people living their best life when you hate your life. So what is that going to do? Well, I need to do a living suicide where I'm continually punished and I take the lives away of other people. This is what we're looking at. 
I got a lot of stories after this in the past two days of many, many. Like I looked, I saw 20 murder suicides, 20 murder suicides in three days. So I'm telling you, and these are ones that aren't all reported by the press. Just in local areas. So yeah, it's getting way bad, way bad. Let's continue here. Can you talk to me about how that's not close? Because you use the phrase, it doesn't matter whether she writes or not. Right, because they don't want to anyway. Okay. And you've said that before. You've told me that before. Okay. If I know someone loves me, whether they write to me or not, I still might like to hear from them, prefer to hear from them versus not hear from them. Right, if I had a choice, I would want to hear from them. With the choice you want, okay. <clears throat> Did your family um, take many pictures or videos when you guys went to places like the trip to Lake Tahoe, things like that? I'm not sure. I wasn't the one taking the pictures. Well, that raises an interesting thing because I, I was—I hadn't asked you folks for, for photos like that. That's what I was referring to. But you raised another point. Um, did you ever take pictures of stuff on, on your phone? I know you took some because we've seen the context contents of your phone. How much did you want to remember events with friends or family? Um, I didn't take that many. Maybe. <laughs> you think about those events now? You, Enjoy remembering them, or is it not particularly important to you? Um, I don't know. Think about it. Do you think about it? I have a question for you guys. I might make this a poll. How many of you think that because James Holmes here and because Brian Kohlberger didn't find fulfillment in college the way they thought they would is they they got to the end of their programs and realized that it took a little more interacting with others than they would have cared for do you think that you think the sense of failure was from this from that i mean we also have a a story from about three weeks ago about there was this there's this one student who faked his his whole college career, his graduation, he wasn't graduating. His father came there to, to go to his graduation, and he unlifed himself. So you think this is a part of that too? At those times, are they important to you or not important to you at this point? We're talking about family vacations. Times, good times with family, good times with friends. Uh, yeah, the pictures aren't important. It's what they represent was important. Do you think about what they represent very much? The good times with family, good times with friends? It's a fond memory. How much do those memories come up in your mind? Uh, maybe once a day. And when they come up, how do they feel? How do you feel? Uh, Can you expand on that a little bit? How do you feel when those fond memories come up? that those were uh, happy times in my life. And he took the happy times away from other people. 
How else does it make you feel that those were happy times? Uh, it also makes me remorseful that I won't have uh, new fond memories. Again. So you anticipate not having, I think you said, any more fond memories memory. of the time you dropped the soap and got more than you bargained for. Is this a shrink talking to him? Yes, for those of you that are just tuning in, this is a psychiatrist talking to James Holmes. It was used, it was used in the trial. This was two years after the the unlifing at the Aurora Movie Theater. Oh, yes. And this was used at trial. Sounds a little sad. And it's been Sounds released. Very sad, actually. Yeah. Might you tear up a little when you're by yourself? Think about that, those fun movies? Uh, I used to have a lot more. You used to medication that you were prescribed in the anxiety medication. <coughs> I saw a note where actually my assistant typed that you had taken Xanax, and I don't recall your mentioning Xanax. I don't recall you. Okay, I think it was a typo on her part or miss here. Mishearing something. I took uh, Zantac. Zantac, that's where she made this. Zantac. Or uh, in industry. Gotcha. That, that explains it. Thank you. talked a little bit at one point about the reason or reasons that you stopped shooting and left the theater. Um, can you reiterate for me a bit, why did you stop? I felt I tried enough people. And the other was uh, the weapon jamming. Those are, and, the, and those are the two things that I recall as well. Weapon jamming, and you couldn't uh, jam it easily. Right. Um, and you felt that you'd shot enough people. Although you still had a handgun and many rounds. Right. With you. Did you feel that you were in danger? No. Okay. So that wasn't part of the reason that you left at, the, at that point? No. Do you remember how you left the process that you went through when you said, in one way or another, I'm going to leave now? What happened? <clears throat> Uh, I just walked out the emergency exit court. You walked? Yeah. At some point, you were up the aisle toward the entrance. Right. Under one of the lines. That's where I walked from. Okay, so it's a fairly long walk. Not really. Do you it have to the auditorium, give or take, or, or not? It didn't seem very long. Okay. Um, you walked toward the exit. Walked fast, walked slowly. Give me some adjectives or adverbs about how you walked. Just a normal walking pace. As you walked, do you remember looking around? Uh, yeah, I looked back at the theater seats. He was very casual. No one was sitting in them. They were all crouched down behind us. As you walked out and looked around, did you think that someone might be dangerous to you, rushing you or shooting at you or anything like that? Or were you just moseying out of the theater? I was just walking out of the theater. I remember you mentioned looking back, and there was 
a guy in the front row smiling. Right, yeah. Any thoughts, other thoughts about his smiling? I don't know why he's smiling. Do you think he might have been grimacing rather than smiling? No, I'm pretty positive he would smile. So you don't think he was grimacing because he was hurt? No, he wasn't like uh, holding his Maybe he was possessed too. That would suggest that. Was he sitting in the seat or possessed by the evil? That's what James said. Maybe that guy smiling was possessed by the evil too. Or maybe, you know, they said that they said that a lot of them thought that it was part of the show at first. They they didn't know what was going on. I know there's a lot of people when they're angry they when they're angry they smile. He was sitting in front of his seat, so he was quite exposed. Because he was in the front row too. Do you recall whether he was sitting on his seat or sitting? He wasn't on the seat. No, nobody oh. was on their seats at the end. Do you understand that he was on the floor in front of his seat? Right. Can you describe how he was sitting? Um, just with his legs to the side or kind of leaning against the seat. What makes you think that he wasn't wounded? Um, he wasn't didn't look like he was in pain at all. But he was pretty exposed. Right, yeah. Um, did you think about shooting him? No. What do you think of that? That it probably would have been really personal to shoot a person who's smiling at you. Remember that, guys. If anything like this happens, how about a great big smile? Not joking, I'm not joking. Why not? Something disarming. From the time you started walking, did you fire at all on your way out? No. Did you have your handgun out or? I had the assault rifle on. I was trying to put a magazine in it. Was the handgun in your hand as you walked through your window? No, it was in my belt. In your belt. Um, as you walked out, thinking down the aisle, there's kind of a curtain that creates the exit off the limo, right? Well, I'm not sure what you mean. As you go behind the screen. I never went behind the screen. There's a there's a space behind the screen. Right. They thought somebody might be hiding there, so they cut it down. Okay. But the door, the exit door, is it the same plane as the screen or behind the plane of the screen? Uh, behind a bit. Okay. And that's kind of what I meant. Is there some sort of... There wasn't like an obstacle in the world. Okay. Did you see anybody in front of you as you walked in? No. But I think you said you observed some people going out that way. Yeah, like really? four people carrying one guy. Any idea what happened to that guy or those four people? Uh, not, there were so many... I'm sorry? There were so many injured, I don't know. Did you notice the blood outside the door as you left? Yeah, there were blood smears. Did you think anything about that blood or what it might have been due to? Well, the guy that carried out that shot. Does that raise any thoughts about what happened to him? What was going to happen? Um, I thought he would be taken for medical assistance. Then when you got outside, As I understand it, at some point fairly soon, you saw two officers facing away from you. They looked at you, and then they were, and they walked away from you. Is that right? Yeah. 
Okay. And why do you think they walked away from you? Because uh, I think they thought I was, uh, was fought or opposed to Okay, that's my understanding too. They're walking away, you have a handgun. Right. And correct me if I'm wrong, you thought about shooting them but did not shoot them. Or is that not quite right? No, that's pretty accurate. Okay. Tell me about the reasoning at that point. In which you didn't shoot it. Well, I considered the mission over. So, by that point. Did you consider that it might be dangerous to shoot it? Yeah, I also didn't want to get shot back. So, but one of the factors was you considered the mission over. Right. How did it feel to consider the mission over? Do you remember the feeling, the visceral feeling, anything like that? All right, so looking at this right here, I'm thinking, and let me know what you're thinking. The phone line is now open, 325-261-0892. The question is this. I'm thinking James Holmes and Brian Colberger, neither of them wanted freedom after this. I believe what they did, it was a representation of the end of their freedom at the end of their life, although they were too coward to take their own life, but not a small enough coward to take the lives of others. And they knew they would get caught. And that was okay with them. But they didn't want to die. What are your thoughts about that? Tell me more about that. They just, at the end of it, they just give up. And they're like, okay, cuff me, you know. Um, well, I was finally done uh, doing what you did. He did something to be infamous. You used to phrase it in another context that you had accomplished your mission. Was that a feeling at that time, or did that come later? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> At what point did you take the handgun out and put it on top of the car? Once I saw the backs of the two police officers. Okay. Just to clarify my own thoughts and not, and not overthink something. You took the handgun out and put it on top of the car. Was there a point at which you thought about shooting them and decided not to? Or did you never, as far as you recall, think about shooting them? Well, I figured if they shot at me, then I would have easy access to the handgun to shoot them back. But otherwise, I didn't think about shooting them. Okay. You talked about having some trouble studying, trouble focusing on your studies in January, February of 2012. And when we talked, you attributed that to being depressed. Do you recall that conversation or that thought? No, not really. What I was asking myself was, might your difficulty focusing on the studies in January, February, have had to do with your mono, mononucleosis? It could have. I was pretty sick. How long were you pretty sick with that? <coughs> two, three months. Three months. And over that two or three months, that would be January, February, March, or? Uh, December, January. December, January, February. When you say pretty sick, can you describe again for me how you were sick? Uh, fatigued, coughing, and having sore throat. 
Were there very many days when you couldn't go or didn't go to class in Berlin? No, I still went to every class that we left. Every class that we left. that you were under surveillance when you were planning things and ordering weapons and, and going to Byers Canyon, etc. Um, you used the phrase, or one reason that you thought you were under surveillance was that you were going to commit a crime. Great. I think if you're doing something illegal, you probably become more aware of police around you. At the time, not as you think about it now, with perhaps a clearer head. At the time, do you think you were just hypersensitized because you were planning a crime, to use your word? Or do you think you were... I think there was some paranoia. And tell me what you mean by paranoia. Um, imagining people were after me when they weren't. Imagining means to me sort of a thought about something. Somewhere out on maybe the same spectrum, there's the deep, true belief that they're after you or watching you. Can you pinpoint a little bit for me on that spectrum, where you were with that back in? On a little bit more moderate than deep-seated. I'm sorry? Than deep-seated. A little more moderate than deep-seated. Did you do anything to combat the possibility of surveillance? Uh, I closed all the blinds. Goodbye, partner. Anything else? No. Did you keep the blinds closed all the time or close them some of the time? All the time. If I close, the blinds are down and the slats are... So nobody can see them. Okay. Um, when, for example, did you do the dark tinting on your car windows? Um, when I bought the stuff before I... About the window tinting before I installed it, like a week or so before. And was the idea that the idea I have to do with preparation for the mission, or did you just like tinted windows? It was in case anybody walked out in back of the theater, so they wouldn't see. So it was specifically about the mission itself, not about what you might have been carrying in the back. He planned this deeply. He did what he wanted to do. Right, and then install the window tint until like just before the mission. Okay. Any other things that you did that were to combat the idea of surveillance? No. I think you mentioned that in your web searches, your online purchases and things, you used a real name, your real credit card, you didn't use a proxy server. Is that right? Right. You know what I mean by proxy server? Um, just another server that's kind of vast for the server I was using. Yeah, here. A way to mask your identity on the web. Um, did you ever see around your building, for example, cars that you thought might be there to observe you, or FBI, or law enforcement? Or? I saw law enforcement, but there's a bar right across the street. Did there ever come a time when you were pretty sure that the car was there for you and not for the bar? 
once or twice, but it was an unmarked vehicle. Did you say an unmarked vehicle? Yeah, your typical cruiser. Hey guys, I'm going to fast forward all black. to the high points. Crown Victoria was five lines or something. On this. Something really looks like I'm not going to play the whole thing, although we did come close, right? Back. I need to take a quick break. Okay. I'm going to ask the gentleman to come in while I go to the... Yeah. Yes. The first time you bought a actually, the, the, your first purchase was a taser. Taser. You talked about defensive thought. All right. So I'm going to go to chat right now. Somebody came in here saying, Who cares about this freak? And we had someone earlier that just left and made an announcement like they need to. Guys, if you're going to leave because you don't like something, we don't need an announcement. Just go in peace. I can't believe that there's some people that would not want to look at this case. You have, this is James Holmes. He went to a movie theater to murder people. He was going to college. He wasn't, uh, he was at the point where he was failing out of his program because of his inner-freaking-ability to work with other people. And you don't see a parallel between this and Brian Kohlberger, but some of you guys do see parallels to uh, a veteran that is holding his friends hostage in a dorm miles away or you see uh ian harsh as involved in this but this is a guy that did murder and you don't see a parallel this guy's being interviewed about the things he did and the reason why he did it and you guys don't see a parallel and yet you're gonna we're gonna look at this and you're gonna throw it in our faces that we want to look at this and examine it that's not okay and maybe i'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt Maybe you just don't see it. I'm going to ask you not to be rude. All right? We're open up to experiences. We're open up to wild speculations. And we're damn sure open up to facts. Who wants to look at this freak? That is your answer. Me. Rather than offensive. You're in a position in a situation now that have in another way something to do with not wanting to be messed with and talk about fantasies that you may be killed. Right, yeah. Um, but I'm really anticipating, I'm really referring to back in June, July of 2012. What kind of a person doesn't get messed with? Oh, tough guy. How does that fit with you? Literally frightening pictures. How does that fit with you, Jimmy Holmes? Uh, it's unusual because not normally a tough guy. Go That usually doesn't get you off the hook with friends. Yes. We just remain silent until you say something. I may not do that to you here, but, but uh, that you're not a tough guy. Not normally a tough guy. Not normally a tough guy. In what context? Did shooting people make you feel like a tough guy? Did knifing people make Colberger feel like a tough guy? In the context of the shooting. 
You're a tough guy during the shooting. Yeah. Talk to me about the tough guy during the shooting. Well, I'm all decked out in body armor and weapons. So it gives off a tough uh, essence. Do you remember it feeling tough? Feeling like a tough guy? You know what being a tough guy is? Being a tough guy is failing or a tough woman. Being somebody tough is failing, adapting, and moving forward, pushing forward. Because I'm telling you, this life will give you so much crap. But that's all right. Because you know what? At the end of the day, years go by, you're going to remember those crap times about how you pushed through a lot more than you did the pleasant times. The time that you were sitting there eating your popcorn watching Friends. You're going to remember that. And it's going to be worth, it's going to be a memory worth something. No, Do you remember before the shootings, it feeling like a tough guy or anticipating being a tough guy? A little. Tell me what you remember about that. Well, just taking the pictures. Uh, they look different from what I normally look like. And when he took the pictures of him with the gun, different in the sense of. I'm a badass. The regalia is real clear to me as real in the room, tough guy stuff. The contacts, particularly with the name of the contacts, possession contact lenses, and to some extent the hair says to me something different from solid, I can reach out and touch the tough. Does that make any sense? Um, a little uh, What are the possession lenses or what they represent or what they felt like, better yet? What they felt like. What does that have to do with tough guy or not tough guy or with something else? I'm not sure. What comes to mind? Uh, they said it would be frightening. Super solid. Did anybody ever see you with the contacts on? Uh, no, only through the photos. Only through the photos. And it would be frightening to go. Can we go this from the chat room right now? One's into quantum computing, and the other's on the cloud computing on a doctorate level. Massive parallels. Do you think something that had to do with a computer programming or the upper echelon of education did something to their minds. Maybe they thought they were in the, in the, uh, the model, should you say? Whoever saw it. Frightening in what way? In a frightening way. Possession brings to mind to me anyway. Occult, mysterious. The armor, on the other hand, brings to mind physical tough, can't get through it. So, yeah, the, the lenses are more psychological toughness. Okay. 
purpose the hair fit in? Or was it just a fluke kind of, I like to dye my hair, I want to change things? Yeah, I didn't really have a reason to dye my hair. Looking back on it, when Ben dyed his hair, he says, I just wanted to change. He's dyed his hair many times, he said. Ben. Was that close to your concept of dyeing your hair, or was that quite different, so far as you can recall, from the reason that you dyed your hair? Well, it certainly was a change, because I never dyed my hair before. <clears throat> Do you remember having anything in mind about dyeing it, or about the color itself? Um, well, red suggests bravery. Okay. He's smiling when he talks about this crap. Red stood for... Holmes of 2010, 2011, early 2012, a brave guy? Oh, uh, yeah. How are you? How were you at that time, a brave guy? Uh, I was moving to a new state. It's in a new area. I'm sorry. I was moving to a new state. And... Doing new things. And that takes courage. Rather than moving to a new state, guys, does that sound familiar? I guess there's no parallels, right? I guess he was moving to a new place and thought, well, I'm a new person, I'm going to do new things. Any parallels? Just doing uh, what you always do. Was the James or the Jimmy Holmes of 2010, 2011, early 2012 a frightened guy, a scared guy? No. When Hillary's screen was cut, that was May, something like that. It was well after you had started to repair these things, or no? When Hillary's screen? What are you referring to? Somebody trying to break into her place. Oh, okay, yeah. I think I remember the time, the chronology of things. That was before I bought the first handgun. You had brought, you you had bought the taser and the knife, but not the handgun. Is that your memory? I'm not sure when I bought the taser taser knife. But they were before the handgun, right? Yes. Okay. Um. Did her being broken into, or, or attempted breaking, apparently attempted breaking, did that scare you with regard to your safety? It motivated me to be more prepared to set up a defense. When that occurred, I'm just going to try to get the timeline straight, but I might. <clears throat> Was that around the time you guys, the, the short period in which you, you guys dated and hung out together? Or was that before you started hanging out together for a short time? No. That was the girl he was dating. Uh, I don't remember the context. Didn't that hurt But what you just said was you did feel like creating some sort of perimeter, some sort of doing something to make things more safe for yourself. Yeah, fair to say. Do you remember about the time that? Doing the defensive things began to morph into doing the offensive things, or were they completely separate? Um, 
comfortable once I bought the shotgun. It was an offensive thing. <clears throat> so you said once you bought the shotgun, how about before you bought the shotgun when you it was still defensive. Decided to go get it. Well, when I decided to go get it, it wasn't offensive. It was going to be an offensive. <clears throat> we talked about that some about some of the people in your family that passed away. Not very many folks here. I think both of your fathers. Bill Ford will be here. The highlights. In the context of the folks that, in this context, you didn't mind killing as somebody under 12. Right. It's a PG-13 movie. Seems to me that there are an awful lot of kids under 12 at PG-13 movies. Not a midnight. Not a midnight. Okay. Good point. And we talked about, even had there been no children, the fact that the people who were killed were likely some of them to be parents of children. Right, I never considered that until you brought it up. Wasn't a consideration that was not relevant or not considered or an indifferent factor. Okay, yeah. Those are guys who questioned you. Uh, Detective Gumbinger and Detective Apple. You remember those names? Or not? I remember Detective Apple. It was Gumbinger of the FBI. He was specialist. He was part of it, and uh, um, I don't remember exactly what his title was, but he was with the FBI. Okay. Um, what did you think of the way they talked with you and interrogated you? It was, it was pretty standard. It was kind of. Conversational. Were you surprised at any of it? Or upset by any of it? I was uh, upset that they took a clandestine recording of this session without telling me. Hmm. The time meeting, it was audio recorded? Or audio, audio recorded. Audio recorded. Okay. Was that the recording of when you were talking about? So there was one point where they talked with you and you invoked your Miranda rights. Right, I tried to wait. There was another one where you were talking about the devices in your apartment. That's the one I was talking about. Okay. And it, it was, you were, you were upset that they had reported it. Um, well, I'm upset now because I didn't know at the time that they were reporting it. Can you tell me more about being upset about that? Uh, just that I was helping them out and they were not looking at my best interest. Really? Because I thought I thought doing bad was subjective. Really? That's what he said. That's the line of bullshit he was trying to feed us, trying us to trying to get us to believe along the lines. Well then I guess, well, if there's no other choice and murdering innocent people, you know, as they're trying to watch movies, okay. No, it's not. And he gets mad if he feels like his constitutional rights were violated a little bit. Uh, he didn't want to help them catch him. Are you kidding me? This is why all this is bullcrap. They knew what they were doing. They, they, they made the, how did somebody like this, how does somebody murder people like this? He made a choice. 
he did the most disgusting thing he could think of, and that is what he did. That's the same thing Brian Kohlberger did. It's the same thing. They wanted to do something that was disgusting to other people and get some kind of clout for being infamous. That is all there is to it. When they were interrogating you about the event, about the shooting, would you have expected that to be important? Yes, and the important Okay. What do you remember about their style of interviewing you and interrogating you? You just ask some questions and I would answer them. Those bastards. Were they pretty smart about it or dumb about it or? They're all pretty standard. That's cool. Do you think that their interview of you and interrogation of you was effective? Because what they were after? Yeah. Was yeah. it because they were good at it or because you were free with the information or both? Because they cooperated. Okay. You talked a little bit about you're going to court. Once again, and you weren't sure, I think, the first time I said, do you remember about the first time you went to winding down? About how many days after you were arrested? I don't remember. It's too long Okay. At the time, you said you didn't remember much about that event, about being in court. Right. We talked about Dr. Woodcock seeing him. We talked a couple of times about the money that, that was mailed with the notebook. The seven hundred dollars and twenty dollar bills that were burned at the edges. In one time, at one time, you told me that you burned the money because you wouldn't have any use for it. Right. Once I got locked up or dead, I couldn't use any money. Yeah. But you burned it in a particular way, so uh, she would still be able to tell it was money. And the communication to her was what? With the weapons. Uh, if I remember correctly, it was uh, because I wouldn't have insurance and it costed $80 an hour for each session. So, what were you telling her with the money? Um, that money was a problem. You didn't just send her the money, you sent it to her with the four corners of every bill burned off and the bills carefully plastered onto sheets as I No, actually, I just put it all on the back of the notebook. I think they may have, might have done that in the sheets later. Okay, so you didn't take them down to sheets or do them to sheets? No, they were just loosely leaked. Okay, thank you for clarifying that because I wasn't sure about um, I'm surprised this man has been here, sitting here in this interview for uh, almost two hours, an hour and 53 minutes. We skipped through some of that, and he had tacos before he got here, and he's able to sit down here that calmly the whole time, not me. What did the burning the edges mean, if anything, as part of the communication to that thing? Just what I said before. You could have just said money. Right, but then she would have misinterpreted, like, why is he paying me money? Do you think she would have considered it a payment to receive it? I don't know what she would have I mean, payment doesn't come to my mind, at least. The money means something. Psychiatrists always think money means lots of things. Right. But payment is not one of the ones that would have come up with. You burn the edges. 
and sent her several hundred dollars. Brandon's trying to tell her that because I lost my job, I subsequently lost the insurance for me. He was saying, this is your fault. fault. This is your fault, lady. All you care about is money, not helping somebody. This is your fault. Almost saying, here's the damn money. Could be. That was a two-way radio. Explore that. Could be a little bit for me. Well, it is everything Brian Culberson did, if he indeed if he indeed did murder those people, I mean, some people like to bring up he is innocent till proven guilty. But again, everybody's guilty in my WASs, in my wild ass. What statement was he trying to make? What statement was Cole Berger making? I don't think we have that evidence yet, but I think we will. The notebook of all the information she didn't collect. And her money, which is the reason why Was there anything in it of look what you did, Fenton? A little bit, yeah. Tell me about that. Well, it's kind of similar to like that I'm going to call it all right so why would you feel the need to blame other people if you really believe evil and good are subjective then why do you feel the need to blame other people because it's bullshit that's why evil and good are not subjective they are real physical properties and if you ever have any doubt about that ask yourself how would you feel if someone did something wrong to you what if somebody burnt your money, slapped you in the face, kicked you in the nads? How would you feel about that? Well, it's okay, dude. I know you kicked me in the nards, but, uh, you know, it's all right, man. If that was okay, if that's what you wanted to do, man, you do you, man. They itched anyway. Oh. When you sent the emoticon, one of your impressions or one of your thoughts was that it might have framed her. Yeah, if she misinterpreted it as me hitting her instead of it being a, a blow with the face that she couldn't remember when we needed I'd suggest to you the possibility that at least part... Somebody here in the chat section made a really good comment. To be honest, no one in the right mind would do what he did. Let's face it. He's not in his right mind and just unable to function in the real world of civil behavior. End of story. He's not in his right mind. What is in the right mind? He's still able to make choices. He gave us these bullshit philosophies of his, which contradict each other. He went through great pains to plan, perfectly plan to get the weapons to plan. And even what he sent to his psychologist to show her that in a way he blames her. What is crazy? What is not crazy? Why is he crazy just because... Are you crazy just because you make a bad choice? Is it crazy because instead of accomplishing something in his life, because the thing you wanted to accomplish, he fell at? Why is it crazy? Is that where the crazy meets reality there? When instead of... the uh, He couldn't accomplish, so he decided, okay, I'm going to be infamous. Is that not a decision a, a sane person can make? I don't know. These are good questions. Thank you 
guys for bringing that up. Although he did know bad from uh, wrong, evil from good, he he did say that. The emoticon was an angry thing. And it wasn't her mis- it wouldn't be her misinterpreting because part of the emoticon really had at least an irritation to it because she inconvenienced you and she misunderstood you and didn't this is just re talking didn't value you enough to get the right name on the damn prescription. Yeah, so it was a little bit hostile. So the definition of crazy, um, somebody put, I feel anyone that commits murder technically is crazy. And uh, I'm not arguing that, not arguing that at all. I'm just trying to figure this out in my own mind. The definition of crazy is someone that does the same thing and expects a different outcome. That's like pouring water on your head and expecting it to burn like fire or something like that. Now, there's a lot of people that commit murder every day, and there's different reasons. There's a lady. In our last, last night that we were on here, she murdered her husband because she was running a daycare and he was molesting children. So she murdered him. Does that make her crazy? So is actually murdering somebody crazy? It is, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying, let's talk about, let's think about this. You might be right. Does murdering somebody mean you're crazy? Now, I don't think that just about anybody that murders somebody, most people don't realize the true consequences of that. To be so mad at somebody that you're going to take their life at the expense of your own life. Just because you don't want yourself to be wronged. It usually always has to do with being wronged. This man felt like he was wronged by society. He felt like nothing was his fault. He was wronged by society. He didn't have the huevos to accomplish his goals. And that was the end of him. He decided to make his name for himself of taking people's lives to accomplish something, to be infamous enough. All right, somebody do me a favor. Look up the definition of crazy because I'm doing a show. I can't look it up right now. Somebody says, I thought that was insane definition, not crazy. You might be correct. Somebody can copy and paste that. I'd appreciate it. Nevertheless, and now I got a song stuck in my head. Next DJ that plays got to play that one. Does that make me crazy? Does that make me crazy? Hmm. Great questions, guys. Too bad none of y'all called, so we didn't have time to talk about it tonight. That's all right. Hostiles are real civilized word. We've and got three minutes left, guys. We come back to the, to the burned money. Any anger, meanness, look what you did, or what you'll think about this for a long time, Finn. In money? Yeah, I think it's values. Can you talk to me about that emotion at the time? Um, just that I was showing her what I was doing wrong. Or showing, showing her what she did wrong. Tell me what you might have been showing her that she was doing wrong. Uh, well, because of my illness, I, uh, uh, I could no longer go to uh, sessions because it was expensive. Is that a truly good reason that you didn't go to the sessions, or is that not much of the reason that you didn't continue the sessions? Uh, 
for the main reason was I was upset on the mission. I kind of had an excuse to get out. An excuse to get out of, of the session? Yeah. Because you actually knew at the time that there were a lot of ways that you could have continued the sessions. And they... They offered. Had offered. They, they, unlike the school, they had offered ways to continue the sessions. Is that accurate? Yeah, for the summer. I can't think of much else to ask you. What have I left out? Get the hell out of my office. Oh, I have no idea. Have you been pretty comprehensive? Want to expand on anything that we've talked about? Nope. Um, if there's anything that you want to communicate to me through your lawyers at any point, you're welcome to tell them, hey, tell this to read, and they will do that. All right. Um, I suspect we won't talk again, at least not for some time. It's possible that they come back for a hearing or something that we would talk again. But I think I have everything that I need to do my test. I'd like to thank some of you for tuning in tonight. Most of you for tuning in tonight. If you didn't enjoy it, well, I understand. Perhaps this isn't the show for you. If you don't like deep dives, if you don't like knowledge, if you don't like to look at similar crimes that happened in the past, this might not be the show for you, and I understand. I had a lot more I was going to go over tonight, but, man, I just, looking at these parallels of this, especially, I don't know if we're going to have access to the same information with for uh, Cole Berger that we did for Holmes here. I don't know if he's going to sit down with a psychiatrist, have it videoed, and us be able to watch it later. I just don't know if that's going to be the point. I've, I have a feeling that even after this is all over, we're still not going to have access to information. But uh, I, I, that's what I think, but I don't think I'm right. I don't think I'm right at all, and that's okay. Thank you guys for joining me tonight. I will say this. Julie did a really good job on her set before the show. And along that note, after this show, right after this show, as soon as I go off, within about two minutes, I'm going to play the War of the Worlds. For those of you that are just tuning in now and you weren't here for it, before the show, an hour before the show, we have a link in our chat room where it's a link to our radio station. We have a DJ come on there and do a one-hour set to warm everybody up before the show. I don't know of any other shows that do that on YouTube, but we do, and we're going to continue to do that. Julie set, she talked about War of the Worlds. So again, we're going to play that. For those of you who are just joining us for the first time, those of you that just became members, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're if you're a midnighter or above, you can join our Discord. Email me and make the subject Discord and say, how do I get in Discord? I will send you the link so you can go right into Discord. Once you get in there, go ahead and friend request me. Um... If you haven't yet and you have an Android phone, we have our, our own radio station, right? We're licensed and we play music 24-7. We have a really giant mix of music. So if you're interested in that and you have an Android phone, you can go to the Google Play App Store and you can download that app for absolutely free. You also get the live YouTube show on there. And we have DJs that go live all the time. Matter of fact, Friday night at 8 o'clock, we have 8 o'clock rock with Miss Midnight. And then at 9 o'clock on Saturday, we have... DJ Johnny Vincent with the Generation Gen X radio show. All right. So until I see you next time, good night. God bless all my best. The links to everything we talked about today will be in the show notes. We're going to be on tomorrow. Also, I have a lot of other, I have about 20 
20, I'll say it again, 20 plus news stories I want to go over with you. Good night.